Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Happy to Meet Cute. This is Fallon Ballard here with my intrepid co-host, Courtney Kay. I don't know about you. We have to start with the weather update. Um, Just (laughs) because we have to. (laughs) The cats are sunning on the windowsill currently. I don't know about you, but when I walked outside to walk my kid to school this morning, it was fucking freezing (laughs) and i was like i am not i am not mentally prepared for this um at least the sun is out but it's like the sun is out but the air is cold which actually is i think the best kind of winter weather yes but it kind of caught me by surprise i was like well what is happening i am still (laughs) drinking iced coffee you got your starbies (laughs) i had an early work meeting this morning so i had to make my coffee. Boo. <laughs> Stupid work getting in the way of life. <laughs> uh, on recording days, it's like our Starbucks days. I mean, I get ugh, I get Starbucks almost every day. It's the worst. I'm a terrible human being. But I, my husband and I have this conversation so many times. Like I, I know we weren't planning on talking about Starbucks, but it actually is a problem. Like in my life. And I think it's because I go and they make it for me and they give it to me. (laughs) And I'm like, look at this thing that I didn't have to do for myself. And my husband's like, but you had to pay for it. And I'm like, but somebody did it for me. Yeah. Sometimes that's worth it. Like I pay for someone to clean my house because I don't want to do it myself. That makes it better. Mm. It's more enjoyable when I don't have to do it myself. It's like sometimes all you want is a sandwich, but like I don't want to make my own sandwich. I want someone to make it for me. And it tastes a hundred times better when someone makes it for you. So much better. (laughs) This is just the facts of life. (laughs) (laughs) Sad. Well, and it's like we're constantly putting out energy, which is the topic of our intro today. We fired yes. up. And um like to have somebody give you something, it just like fills that take back up a little bit. It does. Even if you paid for it. Yes, for sure. No, I feel that. Um but yeah, we wanted to chat today. <laughs> We started getting a little fiery in our conversation before we started recording. Yeah, and we a little like, spicy and not in that way. You're we like, wait a minute, save this, save this for the good stuff. But um, uh, yeah, we were kind of just chatting personally because of conversations that we've had about like what is expected of authors. And I made this comment a while ago that... Really, the only thing we owe anyone is a book. Mm-hmm. That's that. That's what we are contracted to do. That is, uh, you know, sort of our our actual legal contract, and also, I think, just our contract with readers is like we are an author. We owe you a book, um, and I think we have found over the past couple of years, especially that the expectations placed on us to deliver more than that is getting, I think a little bit out of hand. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like we had a really interesting conversation in our, one of our DM groups about like pre-order swag. 
or swag and like, mm-hmm. you know, what people do and what works well and all that. Um, and I'll call her out cause I don't think she'll mind, but Alyssa Sussman was like, or mm-hmm. alternate idea, just don't do anything. And I was like, wait, what? don't do anything. Don't commission artwork that I pay for on my own and then get prints of it that I also pay for on my own and mail out on my own. Right. And do all of these things that take my time and money and energy. Um, And I like literally was like, oh, I didn't, I didn't know you could just not do anything. (laughs) So I love that the baseline should always be what how did you phrase it about the book all i owe you is a book yeah that yeah. should be the baseline yeah your success is not dependent on a constant outpouring of free energy yes and emotional labor and physical labor yeah you don't yeah. owe it to anyone to have success in this career yeah yeah, that's so true. Um, and it's hard. I feel like sometimes it's hard to talk about this because I feel like I'm being like ungrateful. Yeah. Um, and, but like I have gotten DMs and like, look, I love getting DMs that are like, oh my God, I loved your book. I really connected to this oh part. Oh my God, yes. Like, that. like, those are like the absolute best DMs you could possibly that's- get. That's the Starbucks of DMs. <laughs> filling back up filling back up the tank. <laughs> oh my god, it's so true. It's the Starbucks of DMs. That's amazing. <laughs> but then on the flip side, I get DMs that are like, How did you find your agent? And you know, like I think you were saying you've gotten some that are even a little bit more intense, but sometimes I get questions that I'm like, I really truly want to help as many people as I can, but I cannot respond to every person that wants me to give them like a full on, like how to succeed in publishing tutorial. Also, I'm not equipped to do that at this point because I haven't queried in four years and a lot of shit has changed since then. So not only can I like not give you pertinent advice, but that is asking a lot of me if we don't already have like an established relationship and sort of connection where it's a little bit more give and take. I also get DMs asking me for books all the time, asking me for arcs all the time. And I finally, like, with the book and the ARC request, just been, like, email my publicist. Like, this is not my job to deal with this. But also then it's, like, so if you're asking me to send you a physical book, whether that's an ARC or a regular book, like, that costs me money. Not just you not buying it, but then I have to pay to ship it to you. That's not free. And so it's very strange that that is just sort of, like, expected of authors. So. I also think it ties into this deeper fear of, and I already kind of mentioned it, but if I don't keep giving, Mm -hmm. my book will fail. 
and I will fail and my publisher will not buy any more books. But let's let's back that up because who's in traditional publishing, whose job is it to sell your book? Not yours. Not yours. <laughs> you wrote the book, you fulfilled your contract. Anything beyond that is, you know, something you should do it because it makes you fucking happy. Yeah. It brings you joy to be involved. You should, and I'm not saying should, 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 because there's no should. But like, if you're doing it from a place of trying to move the needle and you're Mm -hmm. pouring from an empty cup and it's coming from a place of fear... You don't need that, baby. <laughs> like, you don't need that. You don't need that on your shoulders. And I, it, it is especially true for debuts because coming, mm. and I think it's like now, finally, at this point, after what, how long has it been since I sold my book? Uh, almost three years. Three years, yeah. So I'm finally at this point where I realized, like, I'm realizing this now, you know, because as a debut, you come in and you're like, oh, this must be normal. Right. This must be the standard. This must be what everybody does. And if I don't do it, I mean, I mean, and like, just add on the chronic people, people pleaser and like childhood trauma, and you're like, gonna be a wrung out rag. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. People, there is some, I don't, I, uh, it's hard to put into words. It's like, there is this space of accessibility with authors that some people just think they have access to you 24-7, not only to you, but to your energy yeah, and to your time and to your knowledge that you've gained coming this far. And I don't know if it's because we as a community support each other, which is true, like readers yeah. And writers and writers coming up, you know, like before you get your agent, we're all kind of like sharing information and looking out for each other. And so I don't know if it's like that has been established. So people think that it's just okay to continue that, even if you don't really know the person mm-hmm. like, oh, this, this is, this is the etiquette. This is what we do here. Yeah. But let's like take a step back. Like you can't. Like, you establish relationships and you establish camaraderie and you establish, like, a sense of trust and a sense of give and take. It's not, like, take, take, take. I'm I'm, I'm just, like, talking in circles at this point. <laughs> no, but that makes a lot of sense. It's, like, um, like, it's one thing, like, I feel like there are people online that I have online relationships with, whether they are bloggers that have, you know, supported me over the years or other writers that, you know, back in the day, we probably connected first on Twitter and then (laughs) obviously that has shifted. Um, But there's a difference between reaching out to somebody that you already have an established relationship with and asking questions versus just DMing a random person and asking them to kind of give you that help. Like, and I think honestly, it's one of the really sad parts about losing a lot of the mentorship programs Yeah, is that we don't have as many avenues 
to kind of guide people, you know, because like there are people that DM me asking me questions where, you know, a year or two ago or whatever, I would have been like, hey, you should check out Pitch Wars, you know, because it's like, that is an avenue that is specifically designed for newer writers to build the community and get the answers that they're looking for and get the support and the help. And the truth of it is that like most of us as writers don't have the bandwidth to just do that all the time for, you know, whoever kind of pops up and needs it. And that's unfortunate, but it just, we are human beings and this is our job and we only have, you know, so much to give. And I just, I, I know I put a lot of this on myself. I don't know that this is the response from other people, but I feel guilty when I don't have the energy or the time or the knowledge to give somebody, but I shouldn't because that's not my job. And yeah, I do it when I can, but I shouldn't be holding on to that when I can't. Yeah. And you know, I guess I'm just going to be very candid. Like, maybe I'm not. <laughs> My brain That's keeps okay like <laughs> kind of stopping today. That's okay. No, but it's okay. I, um, like going into somebody's DMs and asking them to mentor you is a little bit beyond like, you know, people shouldn't yeah. give that for free. Getting emails and asking a critique on a manuscript from someone you barely know is not, not cool. Like that's not the thing. Yeah. Yeah. But that like a year ago, I would have been like, Oh my God. Yes. Because I want to give back. And I want, I want to see people succeed in this industry. Mm -hmm. But also I, as one person cannot take it all on. Like, and I think, how you said it so beautifully and empathetically, like from a place that I need to like sit with a little bit longer (laughs) to reach that (laughs) point. Cause sometimes I get like now at this point, I'm like, Oh, I can't do this anymore. And I think my body is like protecting me, but I was like getting angry about it. (laughs) Yeah. So I won't be like, Oh my God. Yes. (laughs) No, that's, that makes sense though. Yeah. I, I guess so. Like I'm starting to put up some boundaries Um, whereas before I think I had zero because it seemed so standard to have Mm -hmm. zero and to just constantly give Mm -hmm. of your time and energy. But where does that leave you? Where does that leave your writing? Um, and it's okay to say no Mm -hmm. and it's okay to just delete the email. Like, yes, even if you don't have the bandwidth, like, if this is somebody you don't even know, what do you owe them? Like, I give you permission to delete the email, to delete yeah. the DM, to delete the DM asking for free copies of your book. Blows <laughs> well, my mind every time, but not as much. I mean, these ones I kind of <laughs> laugh at, so it's okay. Um, the the funnier ones are when you get the DM and they're like, I will review your book on my Instagram account for only a hundred dollars. I'm like, get out of here. And I always love when it's like, they have fewer followers than I do. And I'm like, so what exactly am I paying for? 
Yeah. Um, don't pay for reviews. No. Sorry, oh my god, no. <laughs> Unless the only time that is like legitimate to pay for reviews is like if you are indie and you're subbing to Kirkus or yes. something like that, where you yeah. will in return get marketing back. Right. Yeah. Like legitimate marketing. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I oh I just God. think I, I guess I'm saying all this because if I would have heard this a few years ago, I think yeah. I would have avoided a lot of burnout. Yeah. By yeah. hearing that it's okay to just like this is not the this is not the standard and this is not like the baseline. The baseline is please say it again. <laughs> About the book. All I owe you is a book. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I saw this Instagram reel. It was like, Enya basically (laughs) doesn't have social media, lives in the mountains, and like, look at Enya's career. Enya's career is fine. The success of your career does not depend on you answering a DM or giving freely of your time and energy to random people you don't know yeah yep and if that truly brings you joy go (laughs) for it but I think just be cautious that something that might bring you joy in the beginning might not always bring you joy yeah and you can stop at any time and it yeah it's okay to change and people you do know will respect your boundaries Yes. And come to you with, hey, like the kind of the principle, like laying the groundwork of you can say no. Yeah. To this request. Yes. Yeah. Which like as a, you know, an established sort of author, I guess one of my least favorite things ever is having to ask people to blurb your book. And anytime I send out a blurb request, I'm like, it's totally fine if you say no. I completely understand if you don't have the time to do this right now. Like, no hard feelings. Right. Totally okay. 100% accept that. Will you please do this? And Zero pressure. I think, yeah. I think it's just because we know how those kind of requests feel. You want to say yes to everything. And that's just not realistic. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And I think this is a perfect segue into today's episode because we're chatting with Angela Montoya today and we talk a lot about finding your community. And I think that when you have that community of other writers who are in a similar place in career as you are, you start to kind of hear and figure out about these things that it's like, hey, you don't actually have to do that. Um, and I think that that is really helpful to have people that can kind of like pull you back when needed. And something I want to say too, something I have learned, (laughs) these people asking of your time and of your energy who don't know you, who haven't invested energy into getting to know you, they don't give a shit about you. (laughs) I'm just saying it. They don't give a shit about you personally. They don't give a shit about your time, about your energy. If they did, they wouldn't come at you asking for free hours of your labor. Yeah. (laughs) They wouldn't. It's true. 
And if, you know, they are looking for help and that's super valid, as we're saying, like there are very few resources for that right now. And I think especially since like the downfall of Twitter. Yeah. It's hard to find those mentorship programs. One mentorship program I really want to shout out is, um, and I think Mm. we may have mentioned it in this episode, stalling while I look it up. Kiss. Is it Kiss? Smooch Pit. Smooch Pit. Yeah. I'm looking up there. I don't know too much about that one. Um, So I don't know when it is or how it operates or anything, but I have heard of it before um a volunteer yeah. program focused on bringing romantic stories to the forefront mentorship application window september 12th through 19th mentorship program october through february so it's going on right now their instagram is smooch pit ig um so much info there like if you are looking like that would be a great place to go yeah yeah a good place to start, at least. And I, I hope, like, everything I've said doesn't come off as, like, condemning. Because some people see an author and they're like, oh, I feel like I could possibly, like, trust this person and I'm going to mm-hmm. ask this. There is nothing wrong with asking questions. Literally yeah. nothing wrong. When it's done with the assumption of a return of energy and time and Mm -hmm. emotional labor when it's done with entitlement yeah yeah Yeah. that's where the issue lies because that's the greater issue that we're talking about of like authors owe people something beyond the book you know what i'm saying yeah yeah and i I don't know. I would be interested to know if this is like the same thing. I mean, I'm sure it is. Like I, I think I forget who it was, but there was like some comedian who was like doing a set and like went to go have a break or whatever. And when she came back from the set, somebody had like left an envelope on the stage, like with their uh, like pilot, like a sitcom pilot. And it's just like, no, do not do that. Do not do that. Like, this is not how it works. Um, And I'm sure like celebrities and screenwriters and everybody like see the same kind of thing where it's like people just, people just want to shove their stuff in your face and get your response to it. And that's, that's not how that goes. Yeah. So don't do that. And in, when you find mentorship programs like smooch pit these are people who are saying i have the time right now to mentor mm-hmm. this is what i'm doing right now and like that that is the, a great place to look for that kind of mentorship and that those kind of answers you know what i mean yeah for sure um yeah so we will talk some more about community and mentorship programs and kind of like what goes into that on this episode with uh, the incredible Angela Montoya, who is just a, she is like stunningly gorgeous. (laughs) B is so uh, smart and talented. Mm -hmm. Kind of not fair. Uh, (laughs) A lethal combination. Uh, So we will be right back with Angela Montoya. 
Hello, happy to meet cute friends. Um, I am like glowing from the inside right now because I have my Pitch Wars pal, my DM buddy, my, listen, lifeline during all the writing things, <laughs> Angela Montoya here today. Um, and to tell you a little about Angela, Angela Montoya lives in Northern California with her family. She is the granddaughter of the celebrated activist and poet laureate, Jose Montoya. When she isn't with her partner, two children, goats, chickens, and dogs, you can find Angela co-hosting the podcast of the Publishing Persuasion. Sinner's Isle is her debut novel. Angela, welcome. Yay. Thank you. I've been waiting for this day. I've been Me too. To be on this show. I'm so happy to be here. Oh, we are well, so excited. Yes. And like, what a joy to be on your podcast and then like have you be here and it's just like a full circle happy joyful moment because you helped me feel so good about my debut year and we're just like so excited for your debut how are you you. doing I'm doing good like I'm really really excited honestly for a while I was incredibly nervous and anxious about debuting and all of that stuff Um, Plus working on like a second book. So I was like in this um, really bad (laughs) headspace of just like frantic fear um, of everything. And um, I had a friend remind me like, you know, to celebrate for the old Angela, for the Angela who wrote Sinner's Isle before anything. And so I've been having that mindset and it really like reset everything. Like, yes, there's stressful things, but mostly I'm just trying to remember to celebrate because I worked so hard to get here. And so I really need to remind myself like, bitch, you did it. (laughs) Let's just live in that joy. So I'm doing really good right now at this moment. Oh my God. That's such good advice. Um, I've never really heard it phrased like that, but that makes so much sense because I feel like as soon as you, start accomplishing things in writing. Like you get into pitch wars, you get an agent, you get a book deal, whatever. It's like, we don't really allow ourselves to be happy for that milestone. We just constantly are looking towards the next one. But when you think back about it and it's like, wow, the person I was five years ago, like sitting down to write my first book would be like, holy shit, this is amazing. And like, you have to celebrate that. That's so cool. No, I mean, honestly, I got chills just thinking of like what you were saying, like the person five years ago. I mean, like never. I mean, obviously you start writing, start querying things like, oh, that would be so cool to have a book. Um, but it's always something that's just like in the in the future, you know, I, I'm getting there, I'm getting there. But like, literally, when I first started writing, and I thought, oh, it'd be so cool to see like, Latina characters on a cover, like somewhere. And now it's, it's here. Like, I, look, I actually have the freaking book. <gasps> Like so it's real. Funny. It's in my hands. And so it's just the coolest, most amazing thing that I have to remember to be grateful for because five years ago I was <laughs> was not there. And um so it's really special, honestly. It's it's like a I think we forget how special it is sometimes mm-hmm. that we that we get to write and that we have had books, like a book in our hands. It's the coolest thing. So cool. Um, And speaking of covers, yours is 
so amazing. Yes. I've had my eye on it for like months now because every time I come across it on social media or whatever, I'm just like, this is the best book cover I've seen in mm-hmm. a really long time. It's like old school, but still like illustrated and fun. And the clinch, I just, it's perfection. <laughs> Thank you. I love a good clinch. I really, really, truly do. I yes. love clinch. Yeah. No, so I love good. the cover. It's so pretty. I feel honest. Again, I feel very lucky about the cover because of the imprint in particular that I'm printing under, which is Joy Revolution. Like their whole um, like statement, like their whole goal is to present like these young adult romances uh, by people of color, like with people of color. And so, um, I was always nervous because that, like I said, that was like my dream was just to have these beautiful Brown people on the cover. And, um, you know, and so as you kind of like go through querying and all of that stuff and you learn about publishing and just like the world at large, not a lot of people will fight to have those people on the cover. And so having Joy Revolution, having Nicola and David Yoon, like to champion the book is the, is amazing because that was never a question. It was like, oh yeah, of course, that's what we're going to do. And so, um, yeah, seeing Rosalinda and Mariano, Mariano on the cover, gorgeous. And you got a very special surprise when you received your final copies, right? Do you want to tell us how you, it was like the sweetest thing. (laughs) Oh my, it was the best. It was like such a fun, special moment because um, like I had been seeing people holding my book like on social media. Like I had seen it through like in Canada. Okay. People were like, oh, look at this book. And I was like, wait a minute, (laughs) when do I get my book? And, um, and (laughs) So I've been, I like, I was slowly seeing it with like different, you know, influencers or bookish people. And, um, so I was like, okay, well, at least I know it's real. And I was trying to be cool. You know, I was like, I can wait whenever it comes, it comes, the universe will allow it. And, um, of course I messaged my editor. I was like, can you tell me like, is (laughs) mail <laughs> yeah <laughs> she was like yes it's it should be you know coming sometime this week or next week and so I was like oh okay and so I just kept looking like waiting because we have a gate to get to our property and so uh, often mail goes not missing but gets misplaced because we live in like a weird spot and so I was so stressed so I just kept looking and I would call my partner because he has like a camera that notifies you if someone's up there mm-hmm. and so every time I'd hear it ping I'd be like <laughs> box there and so um one morning he was like oh I think I see UPS up at the gate and I was like oh my god and my heart started beating I was like no I can't do this don't tell me and then he, he calls and he goes oh it was a false alarm because oh. sometimes they go you know to the wrong they can't get there and I was like oh damn and then later on in the day, he was like, hey, let's go to my mom's because his mom lives across from us. And he was like, let's just have dinner, you know, let's, let's, you know, whatever. And I was like, okay, perfect. Cause they can cook really good. Like I'm always happy to go there and eat. Um, <laughs> I have high cholesterol. So maybe that's <laughs> where it's coming from. Stop it. The high cholesterol is in effect. 
Um, I was so happy. I was like, yes, like we're going to go eat. I was so excited. And I like, you know, we're there. I'm just chit chatting. And like, I noticed she has balloons and I thought, huh. And I, and I just kept going like, you know, just random. And, um, and then he comes in, oh, I went to the bathroom and then I come out and he's, my partner's coming in. His name's Armando. He's coming in with this box and I see the box and I just start crying. He had like, I was not expecting it at all. I just started bawling. And then my mother-in-law came and like gave me a hug. And I was, and so I, I you know, I was just like crying because for one, I wasn't ready mentally. Yeah. You like didn't have time to prepare. <laughs> and then my daughter, like right away was like, give me your phone. She starts recording. I well, she's a very good girl. And, and it was just this beautiful moment that like, I, you know, you think you watch unboxings and it's like, oh, cool. Like, yes. And I'm like mentally thinking like, oh, I'll go in my office and I'll make it this like, you know, fun thing. And it was, it was totally unplanned and it was the best moment like I've had in years. It was so special. And um, yeah. And then we ate really good after. So (laughs) (laughs) that's so cool. I love that story. Me too. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. My partner was so proud of himself that he pulled off (laughs) like at the end of the night, like that was all he thought was like, did you, did you ever see what I did there? Like, you know, we got the wine, we got the balloons. And I'm like, yes, you did very good. <laughs> Remember, it's not about you. It's actually I appreciate it. It's good. That's <laughs> proud. He was so proud of himself. I, when you started that sentence, I thought you were going to say he was so proud of me. And I was like, oh. <laughs> oh, it was him. He was like, yep, I did the thing there. And I was like. Okay. We both cried about our own pride. Oh my God. I love that. That's such a real feeling though, as a spouse to be like, yeah, I did yeah, it. Nailed it. Because <laughs> our son, you know, had gave him like a fist bump, like good job, dad. And oh, that was it. Like dad of the year, like partner of the year. He did it. He did it. And he really did. Honestly, it was so special. Oh, that's so cute. That's amazing. <laughs> oh my god i love it um well aside from having an amazing cover can you please tell our listeners what sinner's isle is all about so they run out and buy it immediately please do everyone please (laughs) beg of you buy it um sinner's (laughs) isle is a young adult romanticy um and it follows Rosa and Mariano. So Rosa is a majestic, so she has magic. And because of this, her and her kind have been um, like shipped off to this tiny island. And the only way to get off of this island is to bind themselves to basically a man of power. Um, So that man can use their power, you know, for his will. And um, she's come of age. And now all of these, the ruler of the land, the, you know, the court, they're coming and for this week long fiesta called the offering. And, um, the king is coming because he's ready to bind himself to a majestic and she knows it's going to be her because she's really powerful. She can control these like shadows, these phantoms. And, um, so she's, she's desperate to to get away before he can have access to her. 
And in comes Mariano, who um, is a like recently marooned pirate who finds himself on Sinner's Isle. And basically, she blackmails him to help her try to escape. And a bunch of hijinks happens, obviously a little romance. And um, yeah, it's just like a fun, swoony book, but with like a really um, big heart. And um, I'm really excited for people to read it. Um, Yeah. Or don't read it. Just buy it. I don't care. (laughs) You're like, I get paid either way. So (laughs) whatever. (laughs) Amazing. Well, you had me in pirate. Um, So I am fully on board. Um, What was your inspiration for writing this book? It came so randomly, to be honest. Like I was, I was in the shower And I just saw this like vision, this picture of this beautiful young woman getting prepared for something that she was not happy about. And I just kind of started thinking like of control and kind of what it is to be a woman in this world and to not be able to control what happens to your body. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I put, I kind of switched that into magic just to make it, you know, a little bit different, but. Um, so I really explored that idea. And then uh, I'm telling you, this is a great shower. Everybody, if you're ever like, if you're ever blocked, just take a good shower. And it's sit. so true. Like so don't true. stand, sit in the shower and oh, just let the water mm. flow. It's the best. Um, so same shower. Um, I saw these two like scoundrel pirates, like walking onto the shore and they were both like a mess. They'd obviously gone through something but I knew exactly who they were. Like they were always Mariano and Santiago. I knew them. And um, I just didn't know how or why they were on the island that she was there. And so I just kind of explored different ideas and um, it eventually came to what is now Sinner's Isle, but it took me a while to get there for sure. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. It takes us all a while to get there for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I actually have that experience too. Like when you, your characters are there and like that feeling of knowing them, just not knowing how they got there yet. And like Mm -hmm. having to go and excavate all that info. Yeah. It's really fun. I think like, it's kind of like, I think it's the magic of story, at least for me in this story is like knowing who they are, but not exactly the why and asking yourself the why is really, really fun. You're incredible. And as someone who read a early copy, I think it was right after pictures or was it during? Yeah. Probably after because during pictures we were all. Yeah, we weren't reading much. Strung out. <laughs> we were trying to survive pictures. Yeah. No, it was after and it was one of the, I think it was like the first manuscript script I read after Pitch Wars. And I was glad that I had started a friendship with you prior to reading it or else I would have been too intimidated to even talk to you (laughs) sure Sure. yes I will take that it is it is next level it is everything you could ever want in a swashbuckling like latinx romanticy like the representation the 
beauty, the description, like, and I'm so in awe of how you, sorry, my brain is like a little slow today. So I'm sorry, I'm embarrassed. It's okay. But I like have such big emotions about you and your book that it's very hard for me to put it, like distill it into words. the, The way that you seed in the magic and world building so that it never feels like info dumpy or it's like you're constantly bringing the reader on this journey and Mm. it's everything about the book is just beautiful like everything everything is beautiful and like I remember not wanting it to end (laughs) oh oh, that's the best compliment I think anybody could give you well thank you it's like the best romantic you you can read and it has beautiful representation and beautiful characters and beautiful romance it's the most beautiful book truly Mm, thank you I've got chills no, yeah, no, I have chill. Now I can't wait. Like, I haven't read it in, I think, a couple years. So I'm like, I cannot wait to hold it and sit down and read the final version. Yeah, it's 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 changed. She has much <laughs> changed since then, but in the best possible way, honestly. Oh, my God. Really, really fun. Um, and the audiobook is gorgeous, too. <gasps> the audiobook. Yeah, like, she performed. She did it. It's really great. So, oh my yeah. God. It's exciting. Yeah. Cause I know like a lot of readers, like for me in particular, I have, I live off audiobooks. I do too. It's so hard to read like physically eyeballs on a page sometimes when you're trying to write. It's so hard. And yeah. Just, yeah. So, yeah. Get the audiobook. It's great. <laughs> Get both. Listen yeah. while you need you're both. Yeah. yeah. Oh, ebook. Audio book, everything. Go yeah. to the library. Yes. <laughs> yep. All Make the t-shirts. The yes. <laughs> everything. Yeah. I bet you're gonna get some good fan art out Ooh. of this book. I hope. I hope. Please, listeners. Yeah. You draw. If you don't, it's okay. <laughs> I have. I saw somebody did um a little bit. You know, it was like really, really a specific scene, and it was so cool. Like she nailed it. Oh. Um, so yeah, like chills, full body, everything. I was like, wow. Just, yes. I'll bring on all the art. We Amazing. love it. Amazing. So yeah. cool. Crazy. So cool. Do you want to talk to your process at all for this book? Yeah. Like my writing process for this? Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Man. <laughs> I don't even know what it was. I think my pro, like, and I think I'm growing as a writer, um, learning each time, but for Sinner's Isle in particular, it was, I, I had, I knew the characters and then the world came much, you know, the world came later. So what I, I think the first round I did, I, I had tried to outline, I tried to write something. And then after I outlined it, I thought, okay, let me, let me write the first like half of the book. So I wrote the first half and I was completely wrong. It was not right. Everything I thought was right about the book was completely wrong. And so, but when I wrote that, I learned what I didn't want mm-hmm. and what wasn't supposed to happen with these characters and what I couldn't, couldn't do. And um, because originally, like I had done all this research on like the golden age of piracy, which is really, really interesting and fascinating. 
And I did a lot of research on Mexico and colonization and, you know, the, and piracy played a big part in that. Um, and so I thought, oh, I can base it like loosely in Mexico. And then I, I realized, no, I'm not a historian. I won't get it right. So I'm going to make it a fantasy. Duh. And I'm going to create my entire, like a new world. But it's very inspired, like, of, like, uh, you know, Caribbean and all of that area, because that's golden age of piracy. Um, but yeah, I started rebuilding the world and um, and kind of what the characters would look like in this world and how they would move. And so I rewrote it and I got it to the end. I got to the end and I... Um, I thought, oh, this could be something like this. This might be a good book. Um, you know, I was like, oh, OK, I, I I've learned because I wrote be a book before that had a beginning, middle and end, but there was nothing really happening. <laughs> so I've uh, been there. I you know, <laughs> learn like, OK, we need an inciting incident, turns out. <laughs> and so with this book, I had that. And um, and after I finished, I thought oh, this could be really fun. And so I sent it to friends and beta readers, worked it a little bit. And then I noticed like Pitch Wars was coming up. And so I reworked it like as hard as I could with all the knowledge I had of what writing is and craft. And um, and like somehow I got chosen for Pitch Wars. Like I think there was there was two uh, mentors that were interested. One ended up like backing out just completely of Pitch Wars. Um, cause she had like a lot of stuff going on in, in life and, um, and I'm so forever grateful, honestly, that I was chosen by Margie Fuston cause she truly changed like everything like for me. Um, I'm obsessed with Margie Fuston because she, she really took so much time trying to teach me how to write <laughs> and like craft and what needed to be in chapters. And that some chapters you might love, but really and truly they don't have to be there because they're not moving the plot along. And so we reworked Sinner's Isle and I thought, oh my gosh, like this is the best thing I've ever done. And I got out of Pitch Wars and then I got my agent and then we reworked it again. And I thought, oh, this is it. Like I have, I have written the best book ever. <laughs> and then I got, um, eventually found my editor and, you know. Uh, signed with Joy Revolution, and then we reworked it all over again. I, okay, now, now it's good. And then we reworked it a million more times. And um, so basically, my process has been try and then rework it all again and try again. But honestly, like every single time, I get more, like a little more critiques. And sometimes it doesn't work and it, it doesn't vibe, but every time I'm open to the critiques, and I like really, truly try to listen to what they're saying about it. And I learn it makes it so much better. So um, finally, the book is finished. And even still, I think there's things that I, I change, you know, now, now that I've grown even more, but she's printed. So she's done. I, <laughs> my hands are clean. Um, but yeah, I think the process for this book was literally <laughs> rewriting. <laughs> like every month I've rewritten this book thousands of times, but I'm really, I'm really proud of myself. Yeah. As you That's should be. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
that's why I find it so interesting with like the Pitch Wars books in particular, because like when you finish Pitch Wars, you feel like, okay, this book is as good as it can possibly be. And then like with each step, it's like, oh, nope. (laughs) No, it's not. (laughs) But eventually you get there. No, and I love that. I honestly, I'm I'm more in pitch pitch wars that it's no longer. I mean, mm-hmm. I totally understand why, but um, I think had I not been in pitch wars, I wouldn't have understood what an edit letter even was. Oh, yeah. I yeah. I don't know how authors who haven't been in a mentorship like that would even know how to function after getting an edit letter because it's intense yeah. to get those edit letters. Yeah, you know. I think when I signed my first one with Bria, my editor, I mean, it was like 14 pages. Yeah. But I had gone through Pitch Wars, so I understood kind of how to survive that. So, yeah, it's it's wild. And how to work on a tight timeline. Like, that was really essential for me because I think people outside of publishing think like, oh, well, you get your edits back and you have, you know, six months or a year. And it's like, no, a lot of times you have like a month to like Mm -hmm. redo everything that you need to redo. And it's like, so learning how to do that and balance my time was like so essential for me. It's yeah, it's hard. Yeah. And and then on top of like when you're working and you have a life and you're, Mm -hmm. you're this or that, it's, it's really, really hard. And Pitch Wars did, did do that. And um, with this, I have a second book and some of my deadlines have been a week. Some of them have been a weekend. And so this last little bit has been really, really intense. And that's why I'm reminding myself to just be grateful for Sinner's Isle and focus on her, um, you know, on top of the chaos. Yeah. I agree with what you said about like mourning the loss of Pitch Wars, because I, I think about that a lot. Like I so mourn what it was for the writing community. Yeah. Because it mm-hmm. gave us like such a collective goal of like getting our manuscripts ready and getting like, I used to look forward to that deadline every year, even mm-hmm. like, I didn't enter until 2020. Wow. But yeah. every year I was working toward entering. And, it, you know, every year I was like, no, it's not ready. But like, just the the deadline of that date, it like helped me, it helped motivate me and having that and like just the community aspect and everything about it was like there, there hasn't been something that's really filled that void yet. And I hear from a lot of writers that it's missed, you know, because it really was for writers. Yeah. Yeah. And like, even if you didn't, Obviously, so many of us, because I had applied years, uh, I think 2018. Yeah. So, you know, obviously, so many of us don't get in, yeah. but it's the community around it. And like the, and when Twitter was Twitter, you know, it's like, we're all chatting and we're, we know where we are. We're all kind of in the same place of building and like learning and wanting to get better. So yeah, it's, it, yeah. it definitely like there is a void in yeah. that space. Yeah. Is, it's a it's a bummer. Um, well, that kind of is the perfect segue because we wanted to chat about finding your writing community today. And I know for me, um, so many of my like long term writing connections came from Twitter. Um, and 
I've been really missing that lately. Mm -hmm. And I can't even imagine what it's like for newer writers because I wouldn't have known anything if it were not for the community on Twitter that we had, you know, back several years ago, because I didn't know what a query letter was. Like, I didn't know what any of that was. And I just kind of was like flying blind and like, I'm going to sit and write a book. Um, Mm -hmm. And if it weren't for the people who were sharing their knowledge on Twitter, the people that I connected with, like I wouldn't be sitting here and have books out in the world. Um, And yeah, so I don't know what the solution is for, for people that are coming up now. I know. I mean, I was listening to this on um, Turning to Story, their podcast, which is uh, Lissa Mia Smith and Anna Mercier. Or Mercer, I'm sorry if I messed up your last name, Anna. But um, but it's such a great podcast because they were talking about that and um, and and mourning the loss of pictures as well. And and I don't even know if author mentor match is a is a thing. I think that okay. one's done yeah. too. Yeah. So. <sighs> I know, like, it's hard to find that community. And even like Instagram's really great, but it's not, you know, it's one post, it's your picture, and then a few things underneath. So it's not necessarily like you're building on and writing and talking like Twitter. Um, TikTok is great. Like, there's so many resources on there. But at the same time, it's also kind of a hellscape. Like, you don't know what you're getting a lot of times and it and it can be like almost mentally taxing to be on TikTok especially i think as an author cuz it's um sometimes it's more of a bookish space and authors aren't you know so it's like a little bit you're yeah. in a weird blurring of the lines thing and you don't want to see somebody talking about your book while you're just scrolling so it's kind of a weird too. That's, um, that's why I had to delete my TikTok because it's like for my brain, I need very clear, like, this is where I should be and this is where I shouldn't. And like with TikTok, you, you said it perfectly. It was too blurred and totally. I just couldn't handle it. I couldn't. <laughs> no, and it's scary too. Well, I mean, I haven't, my book hasn't really come, come out, obviously. And even still, like when I'm, when I scroll and someone, you know, it'll stop and it's like, I hated this book so much. And I'm like, it's mine. I know it. And so I like scroll, right. Or I'm like doom watching, like it is mine. Oh my God. Um, luckily not yet. But no. It's probably coming. But, no. um, but yeah, TikTok is like a scary space, but there's, there are communities of, um, people who are trying to teach things like about query letters and, and, you know, you could see the comments below. Um, then there's also players in there that try to teach you things that probably don't even know really what they're talking about, or they're just trying to sell you stuff. Yeah. So, so TikTok's a, a hard one sometimes too, but um, like for Melanie, my co-host on our podcast, like I, that's been a kind of our whole thing is like to build community in just little ways. Um, you know, I think it's just like in, in the DMS on Instagram has kind of been the thing and we opened like a discord group. So we have that. And I I think discords or Slack, um, kind of seems to be where a lot of writers reside And, and there's different ones all over the place. And so I think just reaching out and trying to find your, your one you're comfortable in. Um, 
And I pop in and out, honestly, of our Discord, but it can get overwhelming because the like there are so many comments and discussions happening all at once that it can be overwhelming too. So I don't know. I think it's like right now the community is like in the DMs. It's just like yeah. just you know, cheering people on whenever they're posting stuff or reposting things for people and you slowly build through there. I feel like a lot of my community, like the people that I re- that I really cherish because they are always there are in the DMs and it's not even like a lot. It's just like a high like a little little clappy emoji. And that I'm like, "Yes, thank you. That's all I needed today mm. was like one clap emoji. I appreciate it." <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I I I mourn what Twitter was yeah. and what Twitter's was, but yeah, I think you just have to like search yeah. for for new ways, you know. Yeah. I know um I really enjoyed the uh I was the 22 debut in our Slack that we had for that, which I know Courtney you're in there too. It was really good for me for like the first like few months of the year and then it just like exploded, you know, as the Whoa. year went on and as more deals were announced and I was early. I was in February, so it was like I kind of like snuck in and then it was like kind of like cool and calm and supportive. And then all of a sudden there's like thousands of people in there. And I'm like, I can't, I can't keep up with this. Um, but yeah, I think the debut year groups are so essential because your debut year can just be like such a mind fuck. And to have people there that are going through that same thing with you at the same time is is really important. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, and, and I what I found so interesting about like um, getting a book deal and debut, like there's really there's not a lot of like information out there. Like there, yeah. you know, there's so much information about querying and what yes. to do when you query, but it's like after that, it kind of goes quiet, and there's not a lot. So I like I went in, and luckily I had built a community of writer friends that are ahead of the game that would be able to be like, Oh no, that's, that's normal. Or that's not normal. Um, you know, that kind of a stuff. And so, yeah, community is key. I think like meeting people who are at all stages is, is so mm-hmm. key. And also like in staying with people who aren't, don't have the book deals or the agents and they're just writing, I think is so important too, because it's like, you can help them because now you understand. So, yeah. um, yeah, so I, that's why I love the Discord with that or Pub Persuasion one because we're all in different stages, and you know, but definitely having people that know what you're going through is so valuable because I had no freaking clue. I still don't yeah. know what I'm doing. I know. Now. I was gonna say, I don't know what's going on <laughs> at least half the time. Yeah, because <laughs> it, it's always changing. You know. Yeah. 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 I will say, um, there is a book, what's it called? It's right here on my shelf. Um, Before and After the Book Deal by mm-hmm. Courtney Mom, which I think I actually found via one of the Slack things. Um, it's probably like a bit outdated. It's a few years old, but that really helped me with like sort of like the business side of things, like understanding like contract clauses and like stuff that like you never think about until you're like, reading your contract and like, I don't understand (laughs) what any of this means. Yeah. Um, So that's a really good one. Um, But yeah, I think 
being able to have like open and honest conversations with other writers is just so priceless because publishing as an industry is so opaque and so sort of like shrouded in mystery and even just have a conversation like, Hey, I just had this, got this email. Is this like a normal request or is Mm -hmm. this something I'm expected to do on my own? And like sharing those experiences with other authors is really, really helpful. Yeah. And like, I, I felt because every publishing house is so different too. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you might get the same deal, like, financially wise, money wise as someone else, but have completely different experiences. And, um, and I, I've met like other friends who are on the same imprint as me and, but they're contemporary romance and I'm fantasy. So even that is way different. So it's really interesting how every single thing is so vastly different. Every person's experience. Um, but you still have like other friends in the game so you can bounce off ideas and yeah. and having like, I think trusting your agent too that to have your oh, yeah you know how they always say like no agent is better than a bad agent yes. like that's for real for sure <laughs> that's for real yeah yeah and you should feel comfortable asking your agent any of these questions that come up like is this normal can you explain this clause can mm-hmm. you you know give me some examples of this like you should be able to ask them any questions that come into your mind at any time and they should be willing to answer whatever questions you have yeah mm-hmm. my agent um as an example of like i used to be so nervous to ask questions when i first got my agent um, you know, I don't, I don't want to bother her. Da, 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 da. And you just, you gain you comfortability and, and you gain confidence and, and you realize you're on the same team and um, that your agent's there to help you. <laughs> mm-hmm. So when I got my contracts, I remember sitting through highlight, like printing it out, re- using a ruler and going line by line because the legal, you know, um, language is very difficult to decode. <laughs> so I'm highlighting anything I don't understand or have a question about. And I sent her an email with like 14 questions on the low side, I think. And um, she's like, let's set up a call and I'll walk you through the whole thing. And like, that was her response. And we had a, a few different phone calls to go through it. And she's like, I encourage, I want my authors to go through and understand their contract. And like, I feel like you're never asking too many questions, especially when it comes to your contract, because that literally affects your, it can affect your entire career moving forward. Mm -hmm. I've had friends who have had shitty contracts, you know, and it like is really, I mean, it sucks because now like they have to deal with the repercussions of that and how it has impacted their career. And so like your agent, you should never feel bad asking your agent questions. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. That's it right there. Yep. So important. Um, another thing that is very important to me anyways, <laughs> <laughs> and also to you, Angela, is sister wives. And <laughs> yes. I was like, so sad this week. Like I went Sunday night to watch the new episode and there wasn't one. Unless I missed it. And I was like, there was one. There was? Oh, there was one. There was you. I don't know what happened. I apologize. I am sorry to break the news. What happened? There was one. There was. 
It's the one. Okay, let me ask you. It, you can say whatever it happened. It's fine. Daughters are in this one. Like they're oh, in. They're okay. in. And I shit you not, like those her one of her daughters is is Robin. Like she is a blonde <laughs> Robin, and it. I was like, whoa! Like the genetics are strong. This Robin. Um, yes. Did she cry the whole time? In her interview? <laughs> no, she did. You know she did. Yes. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Well, as soon as we're done recording, I obviously need to immediately go check yes. that out. Find it. Find it. It's so good. Um, oh yes, my god. Wives is one of those shows that's just so special and near dear and dear to my heart. Amazing. <laughs> it's one of those shows, like literally. Whenever my partner comes into the room, I can see him shudder. Like he's <laughs> just, I, just the thought of being married to so more than one human. It, yeah. He can't handle it. He's out. Yeah. And I love it. It's like alone time for me. Thank you. <laughs> no, this show, like it's, it's so good. It's so interesting. It's fascinating. I love it. Can't it even really know. is. Um, my husband has said the exact same thing to me. He's like, why would anyone want four wives? What? Like, and I'm like, should I be offended by that? Like, you don't want three more of me? What are you talking about? They're just so great yes. that they just can't imagine yes. having anyone else. There it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just have been... It really has been fascinating to watch their whole situation just like completely crumble and fall apart. And I feel guilty for taking pleasure in it, but also I don't because it's amazing. Yeah. Well, and I think like for me, and I think the entire world, okay, everybody that has watched this show is like Team Christine because it's really, really beautiful to watch a woman come into her own and say no more. And be so happy in the end. And I freaking love it so much. I'm like, come on, Janelle. Come on, Mary. You're next. Um, And I just, like, I love watching these journeys for them. You know, I'm just like, I, you know, I I don't know. It's just like a a very just empowering (laughs) feeling to watch her be so happy. And, um, And she's really just like a beautiful soul and and janelle too i really like janelle a lot as well can you tell i like this show can you tell i like these ladies i Uh, love it yeah no i mean i I, god it's been on for years and so you've watched the kids and the adults grow and it just it was so interesting watching a family um like in like through covid how a family that you know, it cracked under certain restrictions or whatever the process, the thought process was with the husband, Cody and Robin. Um, <laughs> this is interesting. You know, you could just tell Robin's the favorite. We all know. Obviously. He's an obedient wife. And that's what he wanted. He wanted a wife to listen to him. Damn it. Mm-hmm. And he got that. <laughs> yep. And that's like, it's almost like once he got, Robin, who just listens and does whatever he wants, that's when he started to realize, oh, maybe I don't like these other wives who actually, you know, speak Mm. their mind. And especially like 
Janelle to me has always been one who's been like, no, I'm not doing that. Like she's always been very firm and like her boundaries, I think. Um, I didn't like Christine in the beginning, like when the show first started. So it's been really fun to watch her have well, this she was kind of whiny at first. She was yeah. a little whiny. She was. Yeah. You're like, come on, Christine. Like, you know, this is the gig. Like, you, you're, yeah. you're part of this family of polygamists. Like, you should be jealous. But it's because she, that wasn't her. Yeah. And she thought that's who she was, but that's not who she was. And she, she's coming to her, her own. And honestly, like, I don't even, I don't even, like, not like Cody Brown. Like, I'm just like, he is who he is Hmm. and you just like accept that obviously i'm not hanging out with cody brown anytime soon (laughs) but you get it like okay this is what this guy is he's like a quote-unquote alpha male and he wants i know right (laughs) he wants this woman that just like bows down okay we get who he is he's not changing he's not you you accept who he is yeah yeah i'm like hey if that's your thing obviously i'm not coming to any cookouts but that's on you but I will hang out with Christine and Janelle. You know, I oh, might yeah. go to the B&B Mary's got. I might yeah. go, you know, <laughs> like some ugly pillows that she's got. Like she's got like the, you know, the whatever oh her aesthetic is over there. I might do that. But I, I'm not hanging out with Cody. That's for sure. But I also get it. Like we know when we signed up for Hulu to watch this show, we knew who Cody Brown was. And, you know, I've yeah. accepted. This I've accepted the curls and <laughs> the energy, you know. <laughs> accepted him for who he is. <laughs> um, I just had the best idea. Maybe we should do a writing retreat at Mary's B and B. Yes, I am in. Let's go. Let's go Let's do tomorrow. It. Let's go. I'm <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> It's happening. It's happening. Okay. You guys, we're doing it. You guys are cracking uh, me up. Because I don't... I, the last time I watched the show, I think, was like when it first came out. Like the yeah. first season. So I, I, I'm just oh, laughing so, so much. Spoiler alerts. I should have said spoiler. I, mean, I, I would have too much to catch up on at this point. But I like learning what's happening through you all. <laughs> It's actually a very female empowering show. Really? really yeah. I don't think so, because it really shows you what you don't want in a man. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. I always thought, like, honestly, like, when the show first started, and really sort of, like, before Robin, like, officially joined the family, and they were just kind of, like, talking about how their life had been, I was like, in a lot of ways, this makes sense. Like, you have this woman who, you know, At that point in time, they were all in the same, like, house. Basically, their houses were all connected. Mm -hmm. And it's like, so you have this woman who you love and trust, and she takes care of your children for you while you go to work. So you're not leaving your kids, like, in daycare or whatever. Like, they're with somebody that is in your home and that you really have a personal relationship with. I'm like, in a lot of ways, this makes sense. Like, this is the whole it takes a village kind of a thing. Um, You know, I could do without the sharing the husband part. But, like... That part of it, the way that the original wives sort of worked together to raise their children and run their households, I was like, I could, I could get on board with this part. And then, you know, it slowly devolved <laughs> from there. But... 
you know what? Now that you're mentioning this, I think if we as women or mothers with children, whoever, if we just took like the alpha male energy out and we just had our own little yes. commune of just totally raising children, yes. I think that'd be really, really fun to try. Um, I yeah. think it's worth if they just took Cody out of the like common denominator, I think mm-hmm. they could you wouldn't have a TV show. <laughs> yeah. 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 Wouldn't it all just like happiness and like for yeah. all. <laughs> They're all just like openly communicating and talking about their feelings. <laughs> Producers are like, uh, we can't have this. This is way too healthy. <laughs> too good. This is too healthy. Adam, we need to sprinkle in some Cody Brown. Oh my God. Oh, oh my God. It's so Cody. true though. Yeah, no, I I love a good sister wives. I do. I really yeah. look forward to it. It's the highlight of my 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 week. Unfortunately, I guess <laughs> there's no shaming here. Oh, We're shame. all about it. I love it. Whatever brings uh, you joy. Yeah, right. It's perfect. That is what brings me joy. I love it. Yeah, that's it. You know what? We got to find our joy wherever we can you, get it these you, days. So, God, you really do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, it's sister wives for me. It's sister yep. wives. It's like a ghost adventures. I've got my schedule. I do a sister wives. I do a ghost adventures. Uh, the dead files. Oh um, yeah. Oh, oh, it's good. It's good. Um, have you guys heard of the dead files? No, no. it sounds oh, fascinating. I am a shocked and appalled. <laughs> Basically it's uh, an ex like New York city detective. And his partner is a, is a medium. And um, they recently switched to who um, the medium is. Uh, but anyway, it's been on for years. And so he, so a family will call them saying like they're having like, like being haunted basically. Like they are like their house is like going through some shit. Like their family is being attacked. And so he comes in and he like investigates like the history of the house and the land oh and he like checks and like debunks that it's not like rodents in the attic. And then his partner at night will come in and she can see the dead, you know? And so she's like, Oh no, like there's really bad, like there's things here. And she like, like tells you as she's walking through the house, what she sees. And it's like usually very, detailed and like it's some shit like this house has been through some shit and so they come back together at the end with the family and like he tells them like oh you know I realized or I learned through paperwork or whatever in the 1920s there was like a double homicide in this house and she goes oh well that's interesting because my I saw you know this man um that is here and he's trying to you know like basically kill your family like he killed his wife (laughs) shit no i and like and so and then she before they've met has somebody draw what she sees no shit so she shows them the paper of basically what the family is experiencing without them ever talking and so it's it's like so interesting and i i love it like i don't know what's that says about me, but it's so fascinating. Like I love the paranormal world. I don't want to be a part of it. I don't want 
mess with it, but I like watching it on TV. Yeah. That's it. I read somewhere that if you're not open to it, it won't touch you. So I tell the ghosts, no. Not, I said, nope. Not me. Mm-mm. I'm not open to it. You go nope. you go somewhere else. <laughs> it's the truth, though. And honestly, like in the like in the Mexican community, like we are attuned. And I said, bitch, no, it's not happening. Like, we're yeah. moved to this house because we live um, next, like we live on property. So we live next to a ravine and the property down from the ravine from us is um, indigenous burial grounds. Oh, and wow. up from us is the birthing stone for the, the, the native tribe that lived here, which is the Maidu. And our land has grinding stones. Wow. And so it's like thousands of years old, you know, people have lived here. And um, when we first moved, I said, we're not doing, we're not, we're here to respect. I am, you know, yeah. like, not, I, nope, no, thank you. Like, we are, hey, we are here, but I am, I'm closing the door. It's not, mm-mm. so yeah, I, I love watching TV, not being a part of it. Yep. Not. Well, and I immediately want to watch that show. And I also was thinking, like, this would make a great book. <laughs> that show. Someone should make, a like, a romance based off of that show. I love that. A paranormal, ro- yeah. a paranormal yeah. romance. I think it should be. Mm-hmm. Romance I mean, on anything. Anything. Be yeah. Just add, add romance to anything. Yes. Like, I will read that book, but I don't think I can watch that show. I think it would freak me out too much. Yeah. Well, okay. So let me just tell you something weird about me. Like I will fall asleep to the show. Like it's my comfort show. I don't know why. Because <laughs> oh, my birthday's on Halloween. Maybe oh, I'm just that's scared. Right. Yeah. But I don't know what's wrong with me. Little really- Halloween cutie. Yes. Yes. So amazing. All right. Well, we are running a little short on time, so we are going to have to have you back so that we can have full discussions about even more amazing things like this. But we do want to hear what you are working on next, like what is coming up next for you. Yeah. So I have uh, my second book with Joy Revolution. Uh, It's called A Cruel Thirst. And it is like Pride and Prejudice meets Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Um, So it's a young adult romanticy again, and it follows... Um, Lalo, who has recently been turned into a vampire and he's the worst. He hates it so much. And so he travels to this land in the far north, um, trying to reverse what's been done to him. And he stumbles upon Carolina, who is like hell bent on becoming the very best vampire hunter in her pueblo. And so um obviously the two clash and it's just this in my opinion it's really funny and uh really wholesome and he's like this golden retriever boy and you know completely just trying to survive this wild chaotic sassy girl and of course there's romance so figure it out from there is it a i'm sorry and is it a historical or a contemporary it's historical. So it's kind of like um, Alta, California, like 1830s, um, like we're still part of the Mexican, like California is still part of the Mexican empire. So it's that kind of vibe, like a vampire, kind of like Vampires of El Norte, which is, I know it's based in Texas, but you know, that kind of vibe, like Western vibe. 
Oh, eight. Oh, I know. Amazing. Unreal. So um, and okay, well, I can't wait. I also want to note before we sign off that your book is the first fantasy that Joy Revolution is putting out, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it is. It's their first fantasy. So um, <laughs> it's fun. Yeah. Get it. I <laughs> love that. So cool. They yes. made an excellent choice. Yes. I agree. Yeah, you do. <laughs> you don't have to read it. Just agree with me. It's great. That's and right. It. That's right. Yeah. By all the versions. Yes. All right. Well, can you let our listeners know where they can find you on the internets? Yeah, I'm on Instagram and TikTok at Angela Montoya underscore author. And um, I have a web site. It's just Angela Montoya writes, but there's nothing exciting happening there. So just find <laughs> me fair. on Instagram or, t- or TikTok. <laughs> Amazing. Well, uh, Sinner's Isle is out now. Go buy it. Uh, you need to have that beautiful cover sitting on your bookshelves. It, it just, you can't even argue with that statement. It just, it's its a need. It's a must. So go get it. Um, and Angela, thank you so much for being here. This has been amazing. Thank you guys. I Honestly, it's an honor. I've been so excited for this. So thank you. <laughs> you know how much I love you. So happy for you. <laughs> So happy for you. Thank you. All right. And listeners, thank you so much for listening. And we will chat with you more next week. Thank you so much for listening to Happy to Meet Cute. If you enjoyed our podcast, we would love it so much if you would give us a follow on social media. We are at Happy to Meet Cute on Instagram. And also, if you could please leave a review and subscribe, that would be amazing. If you would like to follow your host, you can find Courtney at court underscore k k a e on all social media platforms and you can find me fallon ballard at fallon ballard everywhere you imbibe your social media if you would like to buy any of the books mentioned in this episode you can find links in the show notes and a special shout out to zachary kibby and matt ballard for our amazing theme song thank you so much for tuning in and we hope to see you next time